Welcome back to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. This is the Honey Badger here, giving it to you straight in the RV business as usual. And today's video, we're going to go over a multiple multitude of things. On this podcast, we're going to go over a multitude of things, lots to catch up on. I've got a little bit of an allergy attack today, so forgive the sniffling and a little bit of coughing, things of that nature. Uh, whether you're listening to this on your on your podcast station, whether it's Spotify, Amazon Music, or maybe you're watching the video on YouTube, uh, HBRV Lifestyle Podcast, uh, welcome. Hope you guys had an incredible week. I'm so sorry I've been so slow to get everything out to you. Uh, I've been super busy. First thing I'm going to cover real quick, it is true, my dream job, I got it. Coachman RV. I represent two travel trailer brands in the 10 Western states and the three Western provinces in Canada. Lots of territory to cover. Uh, I'm going to be a busy boy. In fact, I'm going to take the podcast on the road. I'm going to take the YouTube channel on the road, and I'm going to take the podcast YouTube channel on the road. It's going to be a whole different experience. I'm super excited to see if you guys enjoy it. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, it's been my dream job to be on the factory side. It was something I dreamed up about five years ago, and oh, it's just heavenly. So, mm. sorry, I need to get some water. Ooh. Anyway, the next thing I want to cover real quickly is I want to cover uh, a little bit of what's going on with interest rates. First of all, I want to make something kind of clear to everybody without trying to offend you. Let me start with this. Interest rates have gone up across the board, across the nation, but they are still lower than when I got in this business 12 years ago. Everybody forgets, well, at least not everybody, but most people forget what we went through after the Great Recession. You lost Fleetwood, we lost Monaco, we lost Beaver, we lost National, we lost Weekend Warrior, we lost some banks, Wells Fargo no longer does the retail side of the business, we lost Thor Credit, uh, we lost GMAC. It became, how do I put it? it? It became a condensed business. You went from 17 major manufacturers of RVs down to four. Okay. Now, of course, they're split off into different brands and different divisions, but for the most part, it's only four manufacturers. Four major ma manufacturers. So interest rates being high actually benefits you. Now, big shout out, Josh, Mr. RV Nerd at Bish's RV. You're the man. You're my inspiration behind my YouTube channel. You're my inspiration behind this podcast. Hopefully one day you and I will connect while I'm on the road. And maybe we could sit down and hopefully you'll be a guest on my podcast podcast. I heard a rumor that you listen to my podcast. So if you're listening to this, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be a guest on it. 
I loved your last video. I loved his last video. He covered a lot of stuff, but I'm going to elaborate a little bit on the stuff he covered because, and, and what I'm going to do is in the YouTube channel, HBRV Lifestyle Podcast, I'll link his video there so you can see what I'm talking about. Interest rates are causing a buyer's market. Okay. You guys have to remember that this is a toy. An RV is a toy. It's something that is a want, not a need. For a lot of folks, you work your whole life and you get to retirement and you're like, I want to go out and RV. I want to go out and see Zion and I want to go to Missoula, Montana and fly fish the big Blackfoot. Uh, I, I want to go and and see all the East Coast and ever, all the all the Smoky Mountains, and I want to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so on and so forth. This is a dream for a lot of people. Just like this coachman job I got was my dream. The RV business, RVing, is people's dreams. It is something that gives them access. It's like they're having their own personal hotel. It gives them access to go anywhere they want. Well, at least in the United States and Canada and Mexico. I mean, I don't know if you really can <laughs> go to Europe in one. You'd have to, you know, ship it over there. But that's not the point. I'm trying to get my, my point is, is it's a dream. So I want to start with the fact that prices have been slashed down. So I just recently quit my job at Camping World. And let me tell you something. Salespeople, sales managers are ripping their heads, hair out of their heads because there's no profit left in the deals with all the discounts that they're giving online. It makes you scratch your head. What are we doing this for? Well, I, I, I'm going to explain why they're doing that. Why every single dealership that is a big conglomerate is heavily discounting prices right now. I mean, they, it, it, it makes you wonder, like, how are they staying in business? Well, I'm going to explain all that, okay? First of all, it's a buyer's market because it costs the dealership more money to keep inventory in stock. So it affected you, the consumer, but also affected the dealership. Okay? So let, let's just use, let's, let, let's be hypothetical. Let's go with a dealership I, I, I love to death, okay? I'm going to show you the difference. Uh, let's use a, 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 um, dealer A and dealer B. I don't want to give their names, sorry. But dealer A is somebody I really liked, work, liked working with and enjoyed working with. And I never worked for them directly. I always helped them with some things like social media and, and advertising and stuff like that. So if you're listening, you know who you are. He has a flooring line. And a flooring line means that they have a certain budget with a bank to be able to have loans to have inventory. Well, the interest rate on that loan skyrocketed. So it costs them more money to keep a unit in stock past 60 days 
than it did two years ago. Two years ago almost cost them nothing. Now it's really increased. So what do you got to do? You got to entice people to buy the units. Because otherwise you're just going to keep stroking checks to the bank and it's going to take away all the cash flow. So you have to keep moving the money, moving the money, taking advantage of programs that factories give you. We have, you know, Coachman right now has several uh, programs going around to help dealers move inventory, help them save a little bit of money. The only way they can do that is if they sell these units fast. How do you sell them fast? You heavily discount them where people go shopping and go, oh my God, the price on that's amazing. We need to go down there and check it out. So it has created a buyer's market. So that's where I'm going to elaborate on Josh's video because he put a question mark whether it's a buyer's market. And, and believe me, I understand where he's coming from. But in reality, the way the inner workings of a dealership works or any company is it runs on cash flow. So you're probably wondering, well, if they give them all away like that, how are they making money? Well, they're going to make money in service. So you're probably what you're going to probably see is see a shift in how a dealership advertises. So they're going to advertise probably more service specials like brake inspections, bearing packs, roof reseals. You're going to see more of them start directing their energy towards the service side of the business as far as customer pay and less on the sales side. So the, they're going to probably... If, if I were to make a prediction, if I were to rub my honey badger head and make a prediction about this, it would be that dealerships will depend on less TV advertising, less radio advertising on sales and make it more about service. Okay. The second way that they make money is if you finance through the dealership, whether you finance through one of their credit unions, you finance through one of their banks, they get a little bit of kickback from the bank. Okay, Obviously, they make money on extended warranties and any of the products they sell, gap coverage, things that are important and should be important to you, they make a little bit of money on. They're just going to rely on less. You're also, if I were to rub my head again, and this is where everybody thought I was crazy to go into the factory side, is brands are, they're going to start shrinking. Open house is when they're all going to start shrinking their, what they carry. And what I mean by that is during COVID, everybody was taking any brand, anything that was available, no matter how the quality was, it could have been falling apart and shipped to the lot. They didn't care because there's just too much demand and not enough supply. Well, now that it's come back down to earth, it's not crashing. It just come back down to earth. They're going to reevaluate. So that you probably have heard rumors that they're not taking any inventory. Well, no, they won't be right now. They're going to take it here and there to fill their spots that they have empty, but they're not mass ordering right now. 
And what they're going to do is you're going to see a bunch of dealers are going to go to this expo in Indiana, this open house, and they're going to go through the units and they're going to go, okay, what do we want to carry? What do we want to identify with for 2023? I am freaking stupid excited because you have no idea. Like this product I'm representing is, I, I went and saw the prototypes of the new stuff that we're coming out with. Oh my God, folks. It's like, if if I was a dealer, I would just be loading up with this stuff because it's like, you can't lose with what they're doing. It's a big risk. What the brand I'm working with, the brand I'm working for, it's a risk. Because it's not the same old cookie cutter crap. They're doing something different. They're doing something amazing that it, it it'll I think it'll blow dealers' minds away. I really do. So what what we need to do is is cover another thing. So on the other side of it, on the flip side of it, uh, factories are closing down. Keystone has shut down a couple of factories, they're, but they're not the major factories. They're not the major. That, that's a sales pitch. That's a salesman coming at you trying to make you buy a product that's not a Keystone product. I got to applaud them for outside of the box thinking, um, but that's not completely true. What is true is they're extra factories, the ones that were building extra product because they couldn't get enough product over the curb out to the dealers, those factories are shutting down and they're laying a bunch of people off. Let me get some water. Hold on. The other thing that's happening on the factory side is normalcy when it comes to inventory management. So there are certain de certain manufacturers out there, certain brands that only build the order. We only build the order. The brand I work with, the brand my buddies work with, they build the order. So I'll give you an example. I can't tell you the name of the brand, but there is a manufacturer when I was in Indiana this weekend. There's a manufacturer that you could see over 1,500 travel trailers in the lot. 1500 plus they overbuilt they just keep building no matter what we're going to keep building because we're just going to sell it all anyway what does that do to the quality the reason why certain brands only build the order is a to keep the manage the inventory really good and then b obviously helps with the quality So you got to just, we got to sort through it when it comes to the factory side. So beyond it being a buyer's market, it, it also is a time in which the COVID, we'll call it the COVID letdown. When you used to have just, I'll get, there's a brand out there. Again, I won't name names. It's not fair to bash people. It's terrible to bash people. but. We would send out a 
26 foot bunkhouse travel trailer. And after the people's first trip, everything's falling apart. I called it the COVID curse. It just seemed like everything that was coming through to a deal our dealership lot in Beaumont or in 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 Hesperia or anywhere I was working, it was like, really? That is slowly going away. That part of it is slowly going away. In fact, the brand I'm working for has now uh, its own quality control section of the factory. You're also seeing the evolution of a lot of brands making warranty work easier and better for the dealership and the customer. You want to talk about a freaking mess of a department of anything in the RV business, and that's service. Service is always a mess. doesn't matter where you go or what you do. It's always a mess. But there is a couple of brands, including the one I'm working for, that have decided they're going to change that. And they're changing it with common sense steps. Again, I can't give you all those details because I got to save that for my sales pitch to the dealers. But let just to let you know, this is something that's going to happen industry-wide. It usually starts with one, two, three brands. And the ones that works out and works in that direction and does what it wants to do, everybody copycats it. So it's going to be something that will eventually be a industry-wide thing that will make service so much better for the dealers and for you, the consumer. The other thing I want to cover is the Lazy Days motorhomes. Everybody remembers those. I can't get a straight answer. I knew a few people that used to work there. From what I've been told, this is what I've been told. I've been told that the Lazy Day Motorhome Company cannot get chassis, that they were informed by their... I guess you could call it their vendor for Ford, Dodge, Chevy, whoever they were using at the time, that they were not going to be given any chassis or any priority on chassis. So they made the difficult decision that instead of buying retail chassis from dealers for overinflated prices, they decided to shut their doors. Now, here's what I'm under the impression of. This is the impression I got. This does not mean it's a fact. This is the impression I got from it. The impression I got from it is that when they can get this, this chassis situation dealt with, where they can get inventory of chassis directly from the manufacturer, they will return to building them. That's what I'm under the un understanding of, that this is not a permanent closure. This is temporary unless nobody wants to work with them again. Because if you drive by, they have the gates closed, but somebody's there managing and counting inventory. I saw somebody there. Somebody took a picture for me and sent it to me. So somebody's there, or somebody was there at least over the weekend, 
maybe counting inventory, maybe doing payroll, whatever the case may be. So stand by for that. I'm not. I'm. I'm hopefully going to have more information about that by the end of next month. Nobody's going out of business, guys. I want to cover that. Nobody is going out of business in the RVs, at least on the manufacturing side. They might be condensing. They might be consolidating. But they are not going out of business. Thor, Forest River, they're, they're, they're really big and they're really smart. And when something's not going in the right direction, they change it. They don't just keep beating their heads against the wall like Safari did. So just remember that as you're going around. Now, he, here's what I am going to tell you guys, and this is something that you know is going to be a sore spot. So if you're driving, don't start yelling at people because I'm going to say this, okay? Hold on. If you're planning on trading in your RV for another one, it's not worth what it was six months ago. You missed the boat on the trade-in value. I, I know, I know, but prices were too high. Prices were too high. I can't, I can't buy it for that. Love the trade-in value, but I can't buy that for. I can't buy it for that price. Well, you're gonna have the opposite problem. Now you're gonna go. Oh, I love the price, but oh my god, my trade's worth more than that. It's gonna be a lose-lose situation, guys. If you have a trade-in. It's worth less. I just called my buddy, my buddy in Ventura. He's a dealer. I'm going to hopefully sign him up this week. And, and him and I were chit-chatting over the phone, and he goes, hey, so uh, I pulled up the book on this Winnebago View, this 2014 Winnebago View, and the guy says he wants sixty-eight grand for it on consignment. I said, well, that's why he hasn't sold it in three months. What do you mean? And I said, because it's worth fifty grand retail. And there was dead silence. I could hear the customer in the background. But it books for more than that. Well, yeah, it might book for more than that. But what the real market is for your coach is not what the book says, but what people are willing to pay for it. And I said, I'll make you a deal. Lower it down to $50,000. You'll have 10 people email you within 15 minutes of you doing it. I got a call today. From another cat that said, I just gave him the same advice about two weeks ago. He said, uh, he called me up through Instagram. Well, sorry. Direct messaged me through Instagram and said that he's had, you know, he sent me a book out. He sent me a dealership book out, you know, an actual real wholesale book. Wholesale book for his class new motor home was $65,000. It was a 20, 2016. It had 9,000 miles on it. And he had it listed for 75 grand. Okay. That's what he that's what he wanted out of it. I asked him, well, what did dealers tell you? Oh, dealers told me 40 grand, 41 grand. I said, yeah. He goes, why? Because it's a $50,000 piece. 
So I gave my phone number and he called me through WhatsApp. And I said, hey, look, I'm not trying to make you feel like your, your coach is worthless. But at some point, it had to depreciate. I said, do you know what it sold for brand new in 2016? He goes, no, it sold for 65.9. So you don't think that over six years, it didn't depreciate any? He goes, well, what about COVID? What about supply and demand? I said, the demand for motorhomes right now is only a demand for a certain price point of motorhome. People are still looking to today for something for 50 grand or less. So anyway, I found out he owed only $45,000 on it and uh, he lowered it down to 55 grand and he got seven offers for 50 from private party. He called me today. He said he sold it. He thanked me. He goes, I'd still be making payments on sucker. And I go, brother, it wasn't worth more than what you paid for it. It just isn't. People are not going to spend silly money on used motorhomes at overinflated prices. We're away from that now. It's gone. So you can't expect a dealership to take in a trade-in at a price that, that they can't even sell for. I used to sit with customers and tell them, this is what it's going to sell for. This is what a trailer, your trailer is going to sell for when we put it online. We're going to list it for this, and we're probably going to sell it between this and this. And, and some of them were shocked, like, that's not a lot of profit. I go, no, but I'm going to own your trailer in cash. So I worked for a dealer that he didn't, he didn't take loans out on his used inventory. He wanted all, he just, just, ha just turn it quickly, get it out of here. And we did. We always did. And people used to go, man, you're, you're just, you don't sell them for a lot of money. And I go, no. It's cash flow. It's cash that needs to go back into the bank account of the dealership so we could pay, you know, pay our uh, payroll. So you know, you got to understand at the end of the day that used RVs are going to be devalued. They're going to depreciate. And guys. There's nothing wrong with it. It's normal. Just like when you drive a car off the lot, it loses its value because it is a depreciating asset. Anything that gets registered with any kind of government, like the DMV, it stands for Depreciating Motorized Vehicle. Forget about department. It's Depreciating Motorized Vehicle. The only difference between that and a travel trailer is that it doesn't have a motor, but it still depreciates. Last thing I really want to cover tonight, because I try to keep these to half an hour, 45 minutes. Last thing I want to cover is the 
parts and service side. So parts are becoming more accessible and at reasonable prices again. You know, everybody goes, well, the RV manufacturers ripped everybody off during COVID. No, they didn't. I got that today, actually, in an email. By the way, continue to send me your emails. It, I, that's why I don't use your names or anything else when I do this. Send me your emails, levingstonrvservices at gmail.com. Send me your emails. I don't mind answering them on the podcast or on my channel or on my YouTube podcast channel. I don't mind answering any of your questions. I'll, I'll put it out there. I'll, I'll send you a direct one back, and then I'll answer it on air. There's nothing worse than blaming a manufacturer for price increases. What you guys should be mad is you should be mad at the people that locked down the world. And there were vendors out there, vendors, that decided this is the time for me to make a bunch of money. Can you blame them? I can't blame them. I'd say, I, I, in a way, I applaud them. But at some point, guys, you everybody in the world has to understand that businesses need to make money to stay in business. I can't stand it when somebody says, you're not going to make any money on me. Okay. We're the wrong dealership for you, sir. We're not the Salvation Army or the Red Cross. We have to make money to stay, keep our doors open. It's like everybody has this fantasy that a dealership should lose money on every transaction and still be able to stay open for business. So when it comes to the service side and the parts side, when you're looking go, I could get it on here, here, and here for this price, great. Good job. But don't negotiate the price down further than that. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Service, guys, is different in every state, every county, every city. Everybody's got different insurance, different taxes, different benefits that they have to put out. So when you call somebody in air, and you're in California, you call somebody in Utah and say, I want a price on this, this, and that. And then you go over to your local dealer and go, well, I could drive it out 1,700 miles and I can save $500. Guys, every service department, every service center has to make some kind of profit. It is a loser of a department, number one. And what I mean by that is a financial loser. Sales makes all the money in the RV business. While in the car business, service makes all the money, right? So it's just flip-flopped. But they have to try to make money to try to get to the point where they can get even. A dealership principal, a dealership owner is will jump a jig if a service department breaks even for a month. They'll dance a jig in the middle of the sales department going, yeah, baby, yeah, baby, my service department broke even this month. Because no offense to my side of the business now, my new side of the business, 
But manufacturers pay warranty claims out, watch this, as if it was stripped down and naked in the, the factory, not as a completed unit. So like when I used to submit roof jobs, I used to submit roof jobs at the proper hours, which is usually 10, 12, 13 hour job, and they chopped me to four or five. And I can't go collect that from the customer. I could keep fighting and fighting and fighting for the money. But at the end of the day, that's the reason why service does not make as much money as you think they would. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Let's say they're doing flag time. Okay. This is where we're going to get, I'm going to try to get a little complicated. So let's, let's say they're getting paid on flag time or flag rate. So if the book says that a roof job pays a technician 12 hours, but you can only collect six from the manufacturer, you lose six hours of revenue because you got to pay the technician what he's properly owed. So when you guys wonder why service departments are always kind of in a bad mood, it's, it's because there's just this disconnect between the service departments and factories. Now I'm going to go try to make it better with my brand because I'd rather, you know, try to be involved and I know how it goes. But, you know, I had this discussion with a, a few people uh, over the phone over the last couple of days and they're all in agreement. It, 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 factories, you, you can't, and here's where I'm going to defend the factories, guys. I'm going to defend manufacturers. When you're in the manufacturer hub and you're putting a roof on, you're building a roof, you're putting a skin on, it probably does take three guys a total of two hours apiece. So when they write it down, they go, okay, this is the estimate. It should take between six and six and a half hours for three guys total to six to six and a half man hours to put that roof on. And and they don't have the understanding that a lot of and and the disconnect becomes that they're looking for watch this they don't the dealership just either throws up their hands and says screw it I ain't gonna fight for it or they don't have the manpower to put three people in one job to finish it in the next amount of hours and also the the manufacturer forgets a lot of times is. There's no appliances or anything on the roof already. It's a bare skin, bare skeleton, right? So it's, you know, be patient with your local service department. Be patient with your manufacturer. Be patient with all that stuff. It's getting better. I could tell you already that the brand I'm working with and working for, I've said this earlier in the podcast, is they are absolutely becoming the forefront and they are becoming and going to become probably one of the best service and warranty centers in the industry on the factory side. I met the three people that run it. They are amazing people. 
They have a strategy to it. They, they are, they have goals. They take pride in it. And you're going to see that's going to get infectious amongst the industry. When they start hearing, Oh my God, that, that coachman brand right there, that coachman brand guys, I've been getting stuff in and out of here in two weeks. I'm getting stuff in and out of here in three or four days, five days, six days, seven days. It's not sitting here for a month or two months. When it gets like that, it becomes infectious. Because everybody copycats each other in an RV business. Let's be real. They copycat each other's floor plans, all that stuff. That's why I can't give you too many details because then I'm going to screw myself over for a little bit. Pardon me. You know, and, and again, you know, I to piggyback on all this stuff, don't, guys, don't buy, don't stop buying RVs because you think that quality is bad or interest rates are terrible or this or that. Look, man, just measure out your life. How many good years do you have left that you can go enjoy yourself? If it's 20 more years, 30 more years, that's not a long time, guys. I'm 38 years old. I just turned 38 years old this last month in July. I have maybe 28 good years left before my body starts really breaking down. That's 28 Christmases, 28 birthdays, 28 Labor Days, 28 Memorial Days. It ain't going to get any better. I don't get an extension. Live your life to the fullest. And if your goal was to become a camping machine and go out and RV, go do it. Anyway, you guys have a great, great week. Be careful. Happy camping, and just remember RV stands for two things, toolkit and sense of humor.